It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Last Thursday, we remembered and honored the sacrifices made by military veterans uh, in our U.S. Armed Forces. And as we often say around here, uh, really giving proper respect, remembering, and emulating our veterans uh, is not containable into just one day of the year. It should be much more than that. And one of the things that popped up uh, for for us here at Inside Sources on Thursday uh, was a, a real special thanks uh, that we caught online from Representative Burgess Owen. Beautiful message, powerful message on what the day meant to him. Uh, he gave special thanks to his father, Clarence Owens, who served in an all-black segregated unit during World War II. And Congressman Owens joins us now for a little reflection on that. Uh, Congressman, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, boy, for this opportunity, uh, for sure. But I do appreciate it. So so give us this, the story of your father, <laughs> Clarence Owens. Uh, in a, Just give us a little bit of his story. Okay. And I, I, uh, I can't say this enough. And for those who hear me uh, talk over time, you're going to hear me continue to reflect back on that generation. It was truly the greatest generation of, uh, of Americans and all races. Uh, it, it, you know, it was just a, a group of people that uh, they grew up in the, in the days of the Depression. Uh, as young people, as young kids, they, 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 they left our country to go and, and fight for freedom. And I was very fortunate to live in a home of a, of a veteran that was very, very proud of, of that opportunity. Uh, to his very last days, he, uh, he would say how the greatest decision he made was to volunteer to go to war. And uh, he came back, and just like that, that great group of uh, men and women, he came back, and they they looked they look forward from that point on to build their dreams. He came back and got his PhD at Ohio State. Uh, he, he went to school there because he couldn't do it down south because of Jim Crow laws. Uh, went on to 40 years of, as, a, as a college educator, an entrepreneur, um, a lover of our nation. I was taught very, very young. I remember at 12 years, uh, 12 years old, having an opportunity to walk to school every morning. And, uh, and raise the flag because uh, we were taught by that generation how precious that flag was, what it meant for us. And though things were not perfect, we had the ability to dream and overcome and, 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 and overcome those obstacles that were facing us. And that, that's what we learned during that particular time. And yeah. again, that, that was just a remarkable group of, of men and women who uh, understood what freedom was all about and were not only willing to fight for it, but they came back and they taught their kids what it really meant to uh, to live in that in that type of environment. Yeah, and tell us what what did it mean uh, to your father? Uh, you, you always talk about him having that hope <laughs> and that belief, and even though he was in a segregated unit, uh, did he share anything with you uh, or anything you learned from watching him uh, about that experience and where America is and where America's going? Well, what a, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's interesting, and, and for those who uh, reflect back on that generation and talk to the dads, we realize how little they talked about what they did. Uh, now, I happen to have been really blessed the last few years of his life. I decided to carry around with me a little tape recorder, and, we, and I take those moments and ask those questions. And I found some things that were very in- interesting. For instance, uh, uh, he, he grew up in, town, in, in Texas, in Hempstead, Texas, and he was, because in those days, that they, 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 they shot their food. I mean, they'd go out and hunt for the food they ate. So he's really good at that. So he was able to, to be, he was chosen at Purview College 
to be one of the first integrated uh, 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 groups that actually blacks and whites, and they, they, they actually train in Alabama. Uh, and and uh, whoever was overseeing this, this unit decided that they were going to make sure that blacks and whites were teams as opposed to being segregated. Uh, so he was the first chance he had a ch- uh, t- chance to actually serve and work with, with, with a white American. And what he told me after he told me the story is that it was that experience. Whoever he was teamed up with had, was a really good person because he realized he said that I realized then I could not become a racist. Finally get a chance to meet somebody that we had a, a chance to really develop a good friendship. Now, that lasted for that little period of time in Alabama. But once they were, were deployed, they were deployed again in segregated uh, uh, in groups. So he went to the Philippines. And he finished up his tour in, um, uh, in, in, in Tokyo to kind of doing that cleanup period after the, the bomb went off and, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Korea. But I think the most important thing is that group of men came back, felt empowered, uh, particularly black Americans. They, they, they knew they had nothing to be ashamed of. They, 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 they walked with, a, with a, a pride in who they were, the service they did, and realized they can compete with anyone. So they came back not at all with their heads bowed. We came back proud of uh, proud to be American and, and really willing to do whatever it took to command respect. Mm-hmm. And if I can just say this, boy, one of the things that I recognized during that period, when, as I studied that period of time, even though we were not assimilated to the country, every culture felt the same way about our country. They loved our country. They believed in meritocracy. And they believed that they could command respect from everyone else by winning. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I, my community was all about. So they won when it came down to education, uh, the commitment to, to their marriages, um, entrepreneurship, uh, all those things, the growth of the middle class, all those things happened from that group of men that, that went to war, came back, and just took advantage of the American way. Mm, love that. Real quickly, Congressman, before I let you go, uh, in just two generations, uh, your family went from from your dad uh, serving in a segregated military to you being a member of the <laughs> House of Representatives. Uh, what does that tell you? What's the lesson we should learn about how America has evolved and what we still need to do? That is a lesson of our country, and uh, our history is remarkable in terms of what we can accomplish. And let me just work a question. I grew up in a time when, when dating, you know, my first experience with white Americans was 16 years old. We did not date in those days. It just was not appropriate. It was not accepted. I now have a family of six kids, and my, my, the spouse of those kids range from black, white, American Indian, Hispanic, and a little taste of Trinidadian, and we call each other family. That is what American will do if we give ourselves the opportunity. If we, if, we, if we get rid of these folks who look at race, look at our color and our differences and try to make that big deal, we instinctively move toward looking at each other inside out, not outside in. That's who we are. And we just have to make sure we continue to fight for that and, uh, and, and stand for that and, and not, still, not apologize for, for who we are. Uh, love that. Uh, Burgess Owens, uh, representative from Utah's 4th Congressional District. Sir, thanks for joining us, and thank you for sharing your dad's story and uh, your story, uh, because that is part of the uh, the American dream and what we need to make sure we focus on uh, in the days and years ahead. Congressman, thanks for joining Boy, us today. Thank, thank you so much, and God bless all the veterans. Whenever they serve, we, we really appreciate the freedom they give us. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Fantastic. Again, that's uh, Burgess Owens joining us on the line today, and uh, that was a, a holdover from last week because uh, we we just can't get everything in as it relates to our veterans. It should be Veterans Day every day. And again, if you're just joining us, uh, Congressman Burgess Owens sharing uh, his father's story. Uh, it's just so it's so interesting to think that through that his father served in an all black segregated unit during World War II. Uh, and now uh, you see what has happened, where we are. And yes, we have long ways to go. 
uh, as we really become uh, the better na- angels of our nature, as we allow the country to move forward together. Uh, but a great story, great veterans. And again, to veterans, we appreciate your service and sacrifice that allow the rest of us to pursue our version of the American dream. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.